Material on this program is intended for general information only and should not be taken as specific investment, tax, or legal advice. None of the information contained in this broadcast is intended by the host to be a solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security. Endorsed Local Provider is an endorsement of customer service only and does not reflect quality of investment decisions and is not connected to investment returns. Further information is available by contacting Richard Young Associates, a registered investment advisor, security sold through Independent Financial Group, LLC, member of FINRA and SIPC. Welcome to Money MD, where the money doctors are in the house and giving out prescriptions for better financial health and making smart decisions with your money. We give common sense solutions to your complex problems. I'm Steve Marbert, a certified financial planner and an investment advisor with 19 years experience in providing financial planning and investment advice. And I'm John Travis. I have an MBA in finance, and I'm also a Dave Ramsey preferred local provider and have been helping corporations and individuals for over 20 years. We're excited to have you listening to us today on our weekly radio show. We are right here every Saturday like today from 9 to 10 a.m. You can also go to our website, moneymd.net, and we have a link in the top right-hand corner. Obviously, you can catch us on 1230 a.m. if you're in the area, but we have people outside the area that listen to us like um, absolutely Tiger and Bubba and, well, maybe not. Yeah, yet. yeah. You know, all those guys. Yeah. <laughs> all the golfers. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, also download the TuneIn Radio app. That's one of my favorite lo- ways of listening to your smartphone. Um, you can listen to us, and if you get the upgrade version, you can even set it up to record um, the show, so you can listen to it anytime you want. But it's just a very convenient way to do it. So it's the TuneIn Radio app. Um, also, do check us out on our website moneymd.net. Email us your questions. We'd love to hear from you. You can link to us off the website moneymd.net, or you can. Uh, email us directly at info at moneymd.net. So send us your questions. We'd love to hear from you. Well, John, I think we have a, a very interesting show again today, very timely. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, with the baby boomers, there are so many folks heading into retirement now. Yeah, it's like 10,000 per day or some it's crazy number. An incredible it's... number, you know, and there's a lot of people out at the Savannah River site and our local companies, Plant Vogel and mm-hmm. you name it, you know, that are just kind of getting to that age because, you know, that there is have been around a long time and there's just a, a big wave of people. So there's a lot of things they need to look for, mm-hmm. right, and be careful. And one of the things is when you're in retirement, we got an article here out of U.S. News and Report, the five ways to run out of money in retirement. Yeah, so you don't want to do these five. You don't want to do, do the opposite. But just in case you're wondering how to make that happen, <laughs> yeah. we got the five yeah. ways here. So tune in. We're going we're gonna to take you through the things not to do in retirement. There have been people to run out of money, so we, um, Absolutely. we, can, we can take a look at this and talk about it. And then there's an uh, article, and it, uh, it really the basis is from the IRS, and it's, it's tax scams. And schemes that are out there. This was actually out. Um, the IRS published this, and um, you know, Steve. Unfortunately, there's a lot of um, unscrupulous people out there that are trying to sham you. There sure is, you and, know. And so you gotta, you gotta keep your eyes on and, and make sure that you uh, understand kind of what you're doing. And when you get phone calls and emails, we'll go through a whole list here, but it's something that you definitely want to stick around for. Absolutely. And then we're yeah. gonna we're gonna end with um, the ten financial commandments if you're in your 30s. Now. That's kind of limited if you're in your 20s listening to this or in your 60s. But, you know, some of these you can apply whether you're 30 or, or 50 or, or 80, for that matter. That's, um, that's right. There's, you know, every stage of life, you have the same issues. They're just a little bit different mm-hmm. take on them. 
So, and plus you have kids, you know, sure. and grandkids. I mean, you just need to need to impart this wisdom on your children Absolutely. if you haven't already. So stick around for that one. Absolutely. That's a good one. All right. We're going to start off here, though, with the financial fact of the week. Yeah, this comes from the Department of Labor. And, and Steve, you know, in, inflation has been really low compared to history over the last um, couple of years. And as a matter of fact, um, there's only been um, five calendar years in the last 50 years when the inflation rate was lower than one point. Um, five percent and that's kind of the amount that it's been over the last uh year or so Uh, so historically we're in very very low inflationary times which is it doesn't feel that way necessarily but it's that's how they how they measure it 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 is yeah people always look at gas prices and say well gee gas is high you know and medical has gone up but yeah i mean big picture if you look at housing and you know all the stuff that you i mean even food has gone up but yet Inflation has been very, very low. Yeah, 1.5% you know? 1. is... So, so people don't remember what real inflation was like back in the 70s. You yeah. Know? And I think it's it, it's be foolish to think that we're going to stay at this level of inflation for a long, long time. Well, historically, it's in the 3.5% range, right? That's what That's we see right. over long periods That's of time. Right. And, and I know when we do planning, we look anywhere from 3 to 3.5% 3. inflation rate, and that makes a huge difference. When you look at it over you know, 5, 10, 20, 30 years, it, it drastically changes the purchasing power if you don't plan for that. Yeah, even an extra 1% inflation over 20 or 30 years is, what, 20 or 30% of your buying power. Sure. So it's a huge difference, and, you know, we could easily have 4 or 5% inflation, maybe even 6 mm-hmm. over the next 10 years yep. if things, if the economy heats up and you know, the Fed is not, you know, great about reining that in. Yeah. So um, there's a lot of money floating around there. The velocity is not up, and that's kind of the key metric right. that we've talked about. But but the money supply is a lot higher mm-hmm. than it used to be. And one of the things I'm going to ask <clears throat> Dr. Bernanke about, if I bump into him at this conference I'm going to in a couple months. Yeah, cool. Ask him. Get get the insight, please. I'm, I'm going to go for that. I am. You can, you can <laughs> share it on the radio show. <laughs> It'll be interesting. All right. Well, that leads up here to our first topic, and that is the five ways to run out of money in retirement. Yeah, I mean, just in case you're wondering how to make that happen, John, yeah, we got it right here. We got here. the solution. We got the solution, man. We know how to make your money run out. Um, <clears throat> well, you know, hopefully you're not trying to do that. Yeah. And these are the things you don't want to do. I mean, retirement is a balancing act. And this is an article out of a U.S. News Report um, here just recently, uh, <clears throat> Dana Anspach, uh, I think is the name, the, the author here. And, you know... When you look at retirement, um, I mean, you want to spend enough to enjoy today while preserving enough um, for tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the balance. Yeah, there is a balance here. There really is. Um, so you have to have that balance. And, of course, I mean, if you, if, you, if you manage it properly and you plan properly, there's no reason you should run out of money. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, but so what people – what throws people off balance in retirement – the questions are, are some of these five things we're going to mention here. So these are the five things that people do. We're going to jump right into these because there's a number of them here. Um, these are the five things people do that leads to trouble right. in retirement. Okay, number one here is not having a way to measure 
where you are in retirement, mm-hmm. okay, not having a way to measure your progress. Imagine driving across the country with no no gas gauge mm-hmm. in your tank. Yeah. Right? You wouldn't get very far. Yeah, well, either that or you got to stop about every 50 miles just to top it off to make sure, right? I mean, how often would you stop for gas? You'd probably have to guess and stop a lot. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if you approach retirement income this way, you could get yourself in big trouble. Um, so you have to have some way of monitoring where you are in retirement. Yeah, you know, see, the, the system would, would look at how much you have left. It would look at your income needs. Uh, it would use a conservative rate of return kind of based on your investing style and risk um, profile. You also have to look at uh, the remaining life expectancy. That's obviously a, a, a huge unknown. Um, if we knew that answer, that would certainly help out the process. But you've got to make some assumptions. And, you know, your retirement income um, gas gauge isn't only there to tell you when to slow down, but it can also tell you when maybe there's room to step on the gas. Maybe you can spend more um, and exactly. based on the way you've saved and your spending pattern. So just kind of gives you an idea of how you are measuring up. Yeah, and one way to do that is just have routine checkups with an advisor mm-hmm. like ourselves or, you know, somebody that can give you a, an opinion and say, hey, you're not spending too much. You know, your your account's not going down or you're, you're on a good path to, to get through retirement. You know, so you need to do that routinely. Just have somebody to check on your progress. That's one way of doing that, right, if you don't know how to do it yourself and you don't have a good gauge. Number two here is not having a spending plan. Oh, there's that there's budget that word. Budget word, right? Exactly. I mean, the number one reason people run out of money in retirement is they spend too much relative to the amount of assets they have. Most often, the excess spending occurs um, when their you know parents are trying to help out kids. Mm-hmm. We see that a lot. Yep. Um, or because of an upcoming retiree forgot to. You know, figuring taxes maybe on how much they needed to to live off of, um, or health care expenses, or, or maybe they didn't plan for inflation. Inflation, that's right. You know, it's a big inflation's one. a big one. <clears throat> so, when you retire, you need to make a spending plan that kind of lays out your monthly and annual expenditures, including money for vacations and fun. You know, heaven forbid if you don't plan some <laughs> golf gotta, in there, right? Gotta have vacations. You gotta have vacations. You gotta live life for today as well as plan well for tomorrow. Um, <clears throat> so then. You know, you got to add up your guaranteed sources of income. It's kind of the first step, like Social Security and your pensions, um, the amount of living expenses that you're gonna uh, that you're gonna have in excess of your guaranteed income. Um, that has to come from your savings and investments, and then it has to, to all go up each year to account for inflation. Yeah. Yeah, and that's right. And so you got to make a, like you're saying, make a projection of the desired withdrawals and see how long the money lasts. And then you make um, make some changes to it, increase it by 5000 or decrease it by 5000 do some modeling on it and see how, you know, that difference makes from, um, you know, your money running out or, or staying there. So this is, we're making it sound easy. It's not necessarily easy. And that's why working with someone like us or another advisor out there, there are some tools online that can help you with this. But this is an important step. Yeah, I mean, you got to have a plan. You know, and this is really what we're describing as a retirement plan, mm-hmm. right? Um, I mean, beyond just having a budget, you got to also have a plan. So that's a key step to avoiding getting in trouble in retirement. And, um, you know, there, there are several more here that we'll go over when we come back from the break. 
But um, the point is you can't go into retirement blindly, mm-hmm. right? I mean, you have to know how to measure where you're at when it was the first one, and you have to have a plan, a spending plan, a retirement plan, a budget. Um, you got to have some accountability built in. You can't just guess at this. You know, this is not like there are no do-overs. There are no do-overs in retirement. This isn't like golf. You know, when you're out on the putting green and you're just in a hurry and you're just going to whack it and you know, hope for the best. Um, you know, it's not another round of golf tomorrow yeah. Yeah. for retirement. <laughs> so hang in there. All right. We're going to come back from the break here. We'll uh, continue with this. But if you have questions, you can email us at info at moneymd.net or give us a call at Richard Young Associates at 706-739-0725. You're listening to Money MD with John and Steve. We'll be right back after these messages. Welcome back to Money MD, where the money doctors are in the house. I'm Steve Margaret, a certified financial planner, and I'm here with John Travis, who is Dave Ramsey's preferred local provider. And we are continuing our discussion here before the break um, about the five ways to run out of money in retirement. Yeah, right? if you're just curious about how to do that, we, yeah. we've got a prescription here. No, we don't follow this prescription, right? Right. <clears throat> we right. do the we're, opposite of this. Yeah, we're trying to help you know what to look for and mm-hmm. what to avoid. Right. And, uh, you know, we talked about um, first one was not having a measuring device, not having a way to know once you're five years into retirement, hey, how am I doing? Mm. You know, am I, am, I, am I on a bad path here? I mean, I've spent down my assets a little bit maybe. Is that okay? Well, probably not. You know, in the first year of retirement, <clears throat> you know, your assets probably need to be growing because what's going to happen is when you get later in retirement, John, we know this, um, when you run those projections later in retirement, inflation starts eating into your assets, mm-hmm. right? So the path, usually your assets are still growing at the beginning of retirement unless you're having to hit them extra hard mm-hmm. because maybe Social Security hadn't kicked in yet or a pension hasn't kicked in yet. But if they have, they should still be growing a little bit because later on when inflation catches up and you're not, your pension doesn't get any inflation protection, you're going to be hitting those harder and harder, and it's probably going to start trailing off. So if you're seeing that happen early in retirement, that's a problem. You know, the other one's not having a spending plan, not having a budget, not having a retirement plan, and kind of knowing what it's going to take year by year um, and just winging it. That, that's the primary way we see. And then people take more money out, too, yeah, right? Yeah, that's right. They have a projection. They have a. They do have a plan, and they, they're taking more out than what they Yeah, they a lot need. of times it's helping their adult children or, you know, maybe taking that special trip, but then it comes up a time and time again, and it's not just a one-time thing like they thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. So, uh, all right, so number three here on the list is investing wrong, <clears throat> okay, not investing the right way. I mean, your investment goal in retirement is not to maximize your returns um, or, you know, contrary to what some believe, or is it, it's not to just preserve principle, right? I mean, what most retirements retirees want is sustainable, lifelong income. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, this is not the time to go for the hot stock pick, and it's not the time to, you know, stick all your money in CDs or cash. Yeah, there's a balance here. <clears throat> exactly. It's the time to learn about the various investment philosophies for retirement income, decide, you know, what's most appropriate for you. So here are four common approaches that people use for investing <clears throat> and creating income in retirement. Okay, not all of these work in today's world, but we're going to mention all four of them here, touch mm-hmm. on them. 
since they're in the article here. First one is the income-only approach. <clears throat> okay, you, you only spend the interest and dividends that your investments generate. Mm. Yeah, that, that, used, that used to work pretty yeah. good, yeah. you know, back in the 70s. Yeah. When you were getting 10 or 15% dividends and interest, or even 5 or 6% dividends yeah. and interest would might work. Not so much today. <clears throat> no, I mean, in today's world of only 1% or 2% dividends and interest, that just doesn't give you much to live on, yeah. you know, without taking a lot of risk with your fixed income investments. I mean, it also won't keep up with inflation, I mean, in most cases. So this is not really a viable a viable strategy for most retirees today. Yeah, and the, the next one here, Steve, on the list is the systematic withdrawal approach. Um, you know, this is something that, um, that, that, that you ought to consider. You, you can build a risk-return-adjusted portfolio with a targeted you know, rate of return of 6 to 7%, and that means you have some in the stock market and some bonds as well, kind of a balance. And you plan on taking withdrawals of about 4% per year, um, depending on your risk maybe four and a half, maybe sometimes 5%, depending on how old you are. But, you know, this is the approach that, that we recommend. This is how we kind of manage our processes. And it allows you to draw income from capital gains or dividends. And basically, you set up a simple and consistent approach to meet your, your income needs. But that does require you to have some stock market exposure, right? It means yeah. that you're going to have some volatility. But, you know, historically speaking, it's worked fairly well. And past performance is not a guarantee of future. But historically, this has been a pretty decent approach. Yeah, this is what we'd recommend. I mean, it involves creating a well-diversified portfolio. Absolutely. You know, in, in almost every case. So, you know, and then the other couple of approaches here they mention is a time segmentation approach um, where you uh, kind of match your investments with the upcoming cash flow needs. So your safe investments are used for the first 10 years in retirement, and then your growth investments can be left alone for the next 11 years. Of course, at some point, you have to start replenishing your safe mm-hmm. investments, right? Um, or else you're going to be left with just growth investments and too much risk. Um, this approach is a little too complicated for the you know most novice investors. Mm-hmm. So I, we wouldn't really recommend that. And then the third approach, or the last approach they mentioned here, is the guaranteed income approach, where you use annuity products to guarantee a lifelong income. And in today's world of low interest rates, this approach really doesn't have a chance of beating inflation over time without giving um, and giving you the income to live off of. So this really only works if you're willing to eat pretty deep into your principal and you don't have too many years left to worry about. You right. know, if you're in your late 70s or there's something, this will work just fine. So the secret to retiring retirement success is to pick the right approach and stick with it. Flip-flopping between approaches it is bound to cause you harm. So we strongly recommend you use a well-diversified portfolio and take systematic withdrawal. Yeah, this is the that that number three there, Steve, is the income distribution is such an important topic. Um, and it really it's is. one of five here, but a lot of people get tripped up on that. Number four here is um, is really not having a plan B. I mean, you know, life throws curveballs, and you know it'll continue in retirement. So if you plan, if your plan requires you to use every asset that you have. Uh, you could be at risk for running out of money. Um, you know, you need to allocate some of your assets to reserves. 
And this means not including every asset in your plan um, as available to meet living expenses. So emergency funds is an example of that. There's different ways to get this one done, but you got to have some reserves to this process. Yeah, that's exactly right. And the reserves can be an emergency fund account, home equity, you know, cash in a safe. Um, I mean, it really needs to be something that's liquid, something you can put your hands on, you know, without a tax or penalty and, uh, you know, have access to it in the case of an emergency, right? Um, number five here on the list is falling for a scam. And we got a whole segment we're going to talk about this mm-hmm. next coming up on scams. Um, but, you know, we've seen this countless times. There's a lot of ways people can get scammed in retirement. There's no shortage of people that are trying to part you from your money, mm-hmm. <laughs> you yeah. know. So, um, yeah, you, you really need to be careful of this. Yeah, you know, you, you got to have somebody, you know, when you think about scams, Steve, having a family member or, you know, a trusted advisor to help you um, evaluate some of these things. I mean, we see this often. We um, we get calls from our clients or their parents have been offered something. We'll sit down and take a look at it, see if it makes sense for their situation. Many times it, it does not. Um, you know, not all the time is it a scam, but sometimes it just doesn't meet what that person needs or what their, you know, uh, requirements are to live. So having someone look over some of the things that are presented to you or your parents is, is a help. Yeah. Having some trust, a trusted advisor, a trusted, you know, confidant, somebody that's, you know, can recognize those things and help you really is a key. It really is. Okay. So those are five things to look for, um, in retirement to avoid, Obviously, there are others, but, um, you know, you just you just need to have a plan is really the key mm-hmm. here. You need to have a plan, need to know kind of where you are in retirement as you go through retirement. All right, that leads us up here, though, to our question of the week. Yeah, this question is, is I'm, I'm going through a divorce, and what are the key items I should focus on? And, Steve, unfortunately, you know, in our, in our jobs and professions, we sit down with folks, uh, unfortunately, too frequently with this question. And um, this last week, I had yep. you know, I had two folks that I'm talking with and just trying to help sort out and weed. And it's confusing. It's complex. It's very slow. It's very emotional. It is. Um, but some of the key things that we see that you should focus on is when the assets are distributed, um, trying to get some after-tax money versus everything in retirement. Now, retirement's good, and you want to get a piece of that. But, um, you know, the situation I'm seeing now is, is the spouse, the wife, is not getting any after-tax money. And... There's no, there's no liquidity there. Yeah, you know? exactly. You got to have tough. liquidity. You got to have liquidity. I mean, I think in general, if you're going to split your assets, you got to split the liquid assets mm-hmm. and the non-liquid assets equally, and the tax burden should be split equally, right? I mean, if you only get retirement funds, yeah, it's going to all be taxable. That's right. When you take money out, and also see a lot of times the the wife wants the house, and yeah. you know the house can be that's a trap. Can turn out to be a curse versus a blessing. I mean, there's it's very difficult to upkeep. There's a lot of expenses. So keeping the house is not always the right decision. You really got to. That's right. You got to have somebody on your team helping you make these decisions. Um, You know, kids, uh, if you're involved in that, you got to focus on them and um, try to minimize debt as you go through that process. And, you know, it's it's a very emotional process. There is. um, You got to have hope as you go through that. So try to link up with someone that can help you guide. I don't always see lawyers being able to do that. Some lawyers can help you make the right decisions, but not always. Yeah, they're not usually focused on the personal aspects of it Mm -hmm. and the overall pitch. I mean, they're trying to, you know, get it done, so to speak. And so, yeah, I would highly recommend them sit down with a a trusted advisor or somebody that really can look at the, you know, the hard issues and help them step through this process. 
while making sure that they set themselves up for the future, right? you know, for success. Okay, well, that leads up to our break here. But if you have questions, you can email us at info at moneymd.net, or you can give us a call at Richard Young Associates at 706-739-0725. You're listening to Money MD with John and Steve. We'll be right back after these messages and Gene News. Stay with us. Welcome back to Money MD, where the money doctors are in the house. I'm Steve Marbert, a certified financial planner, and I'm here with John Travis, who is a Dave Ramsey preferred local provider. And we're going to um, lead off our uh, second segment here with a uh, actually new topic, and that is tax scams and schemes. Um, you know, it's an article here. And, uh, you know, they're just, they're just dozens of things that people try to do. And tax time just yeah. kind of opens the door, doesn't it? I it mean, does. There's just so many ways that people can scam you over taxes. There's a lot of smart people out there. If they put all their energy and efforts into good things, imagine <laughs> what this world would be like. And, you know, taxes are so emotional. Yeah. You know, people, when they feel like there's something they got to do for taxes, they don't even question it. They just jump right in and try to take care of it and try to, you know, get off the radar. And a lot of times that that opens them up to a scam. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, Steve, year after year, I mean, we see this criminals, they, they try to scam certain taxpayers. And unfortunately, year after year, certain taxpayers resort to the schemes. Um, you know, they also try to scam the IRS. And so these cons uh, occur year round and it's not just during tax season. And so in their in response to the frequency, the IRS has listed the the twelve biggest offenses they see. These are scams that you should recognize and schemes um, that people try to pull over on the IRS that may warrant penalties or, or punishment. So don't do these. <laughs> yeah, and some of these are quite cunning, you know. I mean, I some of these I didn't know existed. Mm-hmm. I mean, like the fake taxpayer will prepare mm-hmm. one. I was mm-hmm. like, really? I mean, that's crazy. So we'll get to that here in a second. But anyway, I mean, identity theft is the most obvious one, I think, right? I mean, theft of federal tax refunds climbed 400% from 2011-2013. Cyberspace isn't always the scene of the crime. I mean, thieves can just steal your mail. Right? Mm-hmm. They can rifle through your trash. I mean, if you're a victim, the IRS isn't even obligated to tell you if the crook has been caught. I mean, so when you mail the checks, here's what I would recommend to go along with this. If when you mail your, your return in with the check... Even your return, I would suggest you take it to a closed blue box, mm-hmm. you know, put it in there. Don't put it in your in your yeah. mailbox. Tax time. Everybody knows first, you know, two weeks of April, yeah. you know, if that flags up, good chance there's a tax return in there with all kind of personal information. Go pull it. Yeah, so I mean, people still stuff out your check out of your out of your mailbox. It's mm-hmm. happened to me. I've had checks stolen out of there before. I never put anything personal yeah. in my mailbox again. Yeah, you know, I had a, a client who got their identity stolen this last year, and so they sent in their tax um, return expecting a refund, and they got a notice back from the IRS saying, "Nope, you've already gotten your refund." And she was like, mm, "You know," and so it took probably three or four months, and the IRS didn't believe her, and wow. it's just a mess. So um, yeah. that's that's you an unfortunate. So the second one here on the list is is phishing. And so, you know, if you get an unsolicited email claiming to be from the IRS or the electronic federal tax payment system, it's a scam because neither agency emails taxpayers out of the blue seeking information. And so if uh, if your email lands in your inbox, you should forward it to uh, to the – there's a phishing at irs.gov web uh, email address. So basically and, – and this is not just for the IRS. I mean, we see this from – 
companies like FedEx, you know, they'll put, you know, uh, information on there that like it's coming from FedEx or UPS. And if you click on those emails, it's going to mess up your system. So just be careful with emails. Yeah, exactly. And if you get a response from that phishing email site that you mail it to, don't respond to it. Okay. <laughs> it may be another phishing. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Exactly. Um, the next one here is is phone shakedowns. I mean, these are really common. We've heard of elderly folks falling for this. I mean, every year criminals call up taxpayers. They allege that they owe the IRS money, which must be paid quickly via wire transfer or preloaded debit card. You know, I, I mean, these tricks, they can lend authenticity mm-hmm. to it by using caller ID um, that shows a toll-free number. There may be background noise from a call center. The caller may even know the last four digits for social security number. I mean, you know, every statement, you get all kind of statements mm-hmm. that show that, right? Mm-hmm. Or, or mention, and they may mention a phony IRS badge number. I mean, after the initial call, there may be a follow-up call from the DMV or the police. You know, I mean, this behavior um, should be reported to the, the Treasury Inspector General for Tax Administration, which is at 800 366 Four four eight four, um, but yeah, I mean, don't fall for that. You yeah. know, I mean, you gotta, you're gonna get an official notice in the mail mm-hmm. from the IRS if you owe something. That's gonna be your first point of contact. That's right. That's right. That's a that's a unfortunate one. It takes it takes advantage of a lot of elderly people on that one. Number four here on the list is um, sham tax preparation services. And you know, Steve, there are a lot of a lot of good legitimate small businesses providing tax preparation, but there are unfortunately some con artists out there who aim to rip off social security numbers and personal information and uh, grab phantom refunds. And you know, worth noting as always, you are legally responsible for what's on your your tax form, uh, even if a third party prepares it. So. Make sure you do some proper vetting of the the folks that you're giving that information to because, you know, there's unfortunately some folks that are taking advantage of it. It's crazy. I mean, yeah, get a reference, you know. I mean, get somebody that's been in the business for a while, a long time. Uh, yeah, I mean, I just, it's, I just can't believe there are people that would do that. And I mean, it's a cunning way of doing it. They'll actually do your return for you. Yeah. You know, it's still your information. Yeah. I mean, here's another one related to the same thing. That's taxpayers exaggerating or swiping your refunds. In this scenario, the scammers do prepare your 1040. And they charge a big fee for it up front, you know, just like a regular preparer would. But then here's what they do. They claim refunds that are way out of line, right? Mm-hmm. They just make up information. And, you know, they'll do it for people that aren't paying attention, that wouldn't likely question it, don't know better. Um, then they'll deposit some or all of the refund in a bank account for themselves, right? And, you know, they avoid giving the tax preparer a copy of the filed return. And then guess what, John? They disappear. They're yeah. gone. Yeah, you'll never find them. You'll never find them. So, yeah, that's a big one. Yeah, make sure you're dealing with, with good good CPAs or tax preparers out there. Number uh, five here on the list is um, Bogus Charities, um, actually number six here. And and an old wisecrack says, um, you know, that you can make a lot of money running a nonprofit organization. So yeah. you got to make sure the nonprofits that you're dealing with, Steve, are, are on the up and up. And, you know, they'll um, sometimes ask for um, donations or Social Security numbers, banking information. Again, you've got to vet, you know, um, the charities, and you've got to know who you're giving money to. And and I would say, in general, never give people your banking information unless it's a a trusted institution that you're working with um, because – 
you know, unfortunately, this this has happened. I mean, people have been scammed by bogus charities. And every time there's a disaster, right, there's some oh, absolutely. some charity that's set up online, and, you know, they immediately start getting lots of money, and then we find out they're a scam, mm-hmm. and they're gone. You know, it's just so you can't let that happen. Yeah, the next one here is phony income expenses and exemptions. Um, some taxpayers themselves will exaggerate or falsify incomes in pursuit of the earned income tax credit or the fuel tax credit or other big tax perks. You know, a fraudulent claim uh, for the fuel tax credit can backfire until penalty as much as $5,000. So, I mean, once you're caught, you know, taxpayers will be on the hook for repaying the credit, the refund amount with interest and penalties and may face criminal prosecution. I mean, that's tax fraud, right? So don't mess with the IRS. Do not mess with the IRS. I mean, I mean, there's not much more of a a powerful organization up there. I mean, there's just not. They can garnish your wages. It never goes away. You can file bankruptcy. you never yeah. get rid of that that obligation. Yeah, they will come and get it. They will. Do not mess with that. They will reach into your estate. They'll take it from your wife. I mean, just mm-hmm. don't do it. Yeah, so the next one here on the list is kind of like that, Steve. It's it's lying on forms 4852 or 1099s, which most people are, are familiar with. And some individuals send the IRS a corrected 1099 um, that are lies. And they, they claim they have um, earned nothing last year despite what the employer reported. So, again, those kind of things, it's some point they're going to catch up with you so they are you're 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 you know you're messing with the beast when you start doing that kind of stuff you, yeah you don't want to mess with sasquatch you know <laughs> you've seen those commercials yeah that's right with the, the yeah. doritos don't mess with sasquatch yeah. promise you he can take you out um, concealed offshore income. Um, you know, not all taxpayers report offshore income. You know, they think they're outsmarting the IRS. You know, if you don't, if you don't, you're a lawbreaker to the IRS. You can be perse- prosecuted um, or at least contend with fines and penalties. The IRS restarted the offshore voluntary disclosure program in 2012 to give taxpayers who were negligent or guilty a chance to come clean. Mm-hmm. If you're one of those, you better take the opportunity to come clean because yeah, right. they're eventually going to catch up with you, I promise you. Yeah, there's there's a couple of others here on the list. I'll just summarize these, Steve. Um, okay. You know, deceits using the LLCs or offshore, you know, credit and debit cards that's something that that they uh, mentioned um doing some some things with trust that aren't aren't legal and the last one here on the list is is frivolous arguments and they're basically you know there are seminar speakers and books claiming that federal taxes are illegal and unconstitutional and that americans uh, only have an implied obligation to pay them that's been tried to be used in the past and it's been ruled against i mean there's some specific uh, irs code regulations that say you know, income tax is imposed on all Americans. So, um, you know, some people say they're going to fight it and not pay. But, again, it's going to come back to bite you, you know. That's right. And if you get audited, I'll just add this real quick. If you get audited, just be honest, you know, be upfront. If you owe a penalty, pay it. Um, you know, if you, get, if you go in an audit with an attitude, cop an attitude with them, I promise you, there is no limit to how much they can harass you. Mm-hmm. You know, you just don't want to be that person. Well, we've seen right? that, right? I mean, we, you, we, have, you, know, you have. With you, the way they operate, unfortunately. Yeah, so just come clean, be conciliatory, just just yeah. take care of it. I mean, we know? haven't seen it personally. What I was saying no, is that no, we from, from the, the political, um, right. they've made some political statements and based on certain charities and, and who you're affiliated with. There's they, been people that have been audited, so just don't mess. They have a lot of, a lot of opportunities to. 
yeah. get at you. Okay, that leads up to our break here. But if you have questions, you can email us at info at moneymd.net or give us a call, 706-739-0725. You're listening to Money MD with John and Steve. We'll be right back after these messages. Stay with us. Welcome back to Money MD, where the money doctors are in the house. I'm Steve Marvin, a certified financial planner, and I'm here with John Travis, who is a Dave Ramsey preferred local provider. And we are um, starting a new topic here um, after the break, and that is the 10 financial commandments. But yeah, before we go into that, we're going to do the prescription of the week. Yeah, Steve, there's a, a, a fancy term out there called a stretch IRA, and really all it means is is that you have contingent beneficiaries on your account. So uh, an example, um, husband, wife would be the, 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 let's say the wife is the primary beneficiary on the IRA account, and then you would put contingent, which would be your kids. So if something happened to both you and your wife um, at the same time, it would go to your kids, and they would then be able to use that IRA, and they would only have to take out money over the you know based on their lifetime life expectancy, versus having to take it over a five year time frame. So basically, you're stretching that IRA over your lifetime and also your kids. So the moral of the story is make sure you have contingent beneficiaries listed on that's your right. IRAs. That's right. That's an important yeah, one. Yeah, that's just a common, just a no-brainer. You know, just takes a little bit of time. Yep. But do it. All right, good one. And that leads us up here to our final topic, and that is the 10 financial commandments in your 30s. Yeah, I think this is key because people don't pay attention to their finances, usually in their 20s, and even in their 30s, they wait till their late 30s a lot of times to do this. Mm-hmm. And so... Yeah, I mean, these are good ones. So if they're listening out there or your kids, you know, some of these, I promise you, are ones you need to pay attention to. Absolutely. And this article is from uh, Kiplinger's uh, magazine. And, um, you know, your finances might have felt like a plague in your 20s. um, But as you get to your 30s, you have an opportunity here. And, Steve, we're going to go through uh, 10 of these. And the first one is is just advance your career. I mean, in your 20s, you developed a, a marketable skill. Now it's time to apply that skill to increase your earnings and, you know, reach, uh, research uh, potential career paths and, and try to figure out, you know, what's going to fit your personality and your passions. And, you know, you also have to maybe look at income streams as well. We see people getting history degrees that have a hard time finding jobs and, and advancing. So you've got to find something that you're going to be able to use that someone will pay you for. And, you know, sharp career turns uh, can be worthwhile, but uh, can also be risky as well. So you'll need a, a financial plan to keep your budget steady while you're changing course and maybe changing jobs. But it's a great time to advance your career. Yeah, exactly. I'm a big proponent of that. And I would also say never stop learning, too. Oh, absolutely. You know, I mean, yep. if you think you're done just because you're through your 20s, think again. I mean, you need to get you need to continue learning, get certified, new skills, things that can help you down the road. Mm-hmm. And just there's just a lot of cool stuff to learn out there, you yeah. know, and life is short. So get busy. <laughs> don't. Don't think you're done. Um, but, you know, also rethink your budget. I mean, you established a budget in your 20s, and perhaps you accumulated some savings, but your income and expenses, as well as your needs, wants, and dreams, are likely going to change from year to year. So your budget needs to adjust for your life changes, such as getting married, having kids, starting your own business. 
I mean, it's a balancing act. And, you know, once you get into your 30s, you have more money, more goals. Um, You know, you probably have kids now. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, how do you spread all that around? It's going to be difficult, but you just have to have a plan, Mm -hmm. right? And then you do your best that you can with the plan. There's not going to be enough resources probably for everything but you just follow your plan do the best you can trust god for the rest yeah there you go there you go and you know if you've recently gotten a raise fantastic congratulations you may want to consider putting that towards some emergencies uh, which is uh, commandment number five here in retirement which is commandment number six so make sure you use those raises wisely uh, in your planning process and number three here on the list steve is is adjusting your insurance coverage you know as your assets grow uh, you may need more insurance to cover them um, you know you got a house uh, maybe you need to look at increasing the coverage associated with the house obviously auto insurance is there uh, you also want to consider life insurance um, you know we're big believers in in term insurance it's relatively inexpensive if you get some pretty good coverage, gives your family some protection in the case of your untimely, uh, you know, death. So, you know, you want to make sure you understand how all that fits in with your benefits at work. So sometimes the group benefits are better than what you can get on the outside and vice versa. So spend some time on that. There's a lot of details, a lot of complexity in that, but it can pay off. Yeah, that's a good one. All right, number four on the list is pay off your non-mortgage debt. I mean, I think this is a big one, you know, and they don't devote much time to it here, but this is very, very important. I mean, your 20s, you came up with a maybe a debt repayment program, stuck it out, you know, throughout your, your 20s, and now you're in your 30s. So you're, you're maybe in your 40s. You build, you, that's when you focus on building a nest egg for the future. But, you know, you, you have to, to have a plan for paying off your debt, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, like when you get the 15-year mortgage in your house, get a 15-year, not 30-year. Right. And then stick with it and pay it off. And when you refinance, don't start over. You know, refinance to 10-year, you know, or or five years, whatever's left. But pay off your debts once and for all and, and be then done. be done with them. Yeah, that's right? right. And when you upgrade your house... Don't, don't just save cash yeah. for your upgrade. You know, I mean, we did that for my house. I refinanced it whenever we, you know, we're five years into it. I refinanced it for seven years. Mm-hmm. You know, same payment, lower rate. Yeah, and you're done. And then I was done. Yeah. And when we upgraded the house, we added on. I took cash savings mm-hmm. to do that with. Cash. So, that's unusual. Cash. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, no we, payments. we upgraded with cash. I like that's it. what you need to do. Yeah, that's fantastic. And number five here on the list is increase your emergency fund balance. Steve, I met with a couple this this last week that were in their early 30s, and we were just kind of sitting down and talking about it. And they had a very minimal uh, emergency fund. And basically, like we've talked about before, if you don't have an emergency fund, you're either going to have credit card debt or you're going to go pull money from your 401K. So this emergency fund is is critical. Things are going to happen in your life, maybe being laid off, health issues, house issues, you name it. Something's going to come up that this will give you some protection between you and life. So number five is make sure you have an emergency fund balance. And uh, number six, we preach a lot. Dave Ramsey's a big believer in this as well. Is safe at least 15% of your income for retirement. Yep. Now, uh, in this article, it talks about, you know, if the company matches, you know, 3% or let's say 6%, that means you only need to save about 9 or 10% of your salary to hit that 15%. Dave is a little tougher on that. Dave says the match doesn't count. He wants you to save 15% right off the bat. But, you know, experts do recommend saving 15%. We obviously recommend that as well. Um, you know, so you got to think about tax diversification also in this process. And, you know, if you benefit from a tax deduction now uh, for contributing to your um, IRA or 401K, um, then every dollar you withdraw in retirement is going to be taxed 
taxed at whatever the tax rates are. So some other options that you want to consider that we've talked about before are Roth IRAs, right? You don't get a tax break today, but you will get a tax break in the future. So yeah. having some different buckets of money is, is an important um, you know, consideration. It definitely is. Yep. And number yeah. seven here on the list is make sure you diversify and rebalance your, your investments. And, you know, now may be the perfect time for you to diversify. Once you get in your 30s and you have the basics, such as an emergency fund and some other necessities, um, you can take on a little bit more risk um, associated with your situation. You've got probably 20 or 30 years before you need it. So, you know, sticking with mutual funds, we talk about diversification, international, U.S., and making sure that you try to grow that, that money. Yeah, I mean, what that means is have a prudent diversification, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you want to have some some international, some U.S., some small, some large, some bonds, some fixed income. You want to rebalance it. You want to be in funds that aren't trying to time the market or pick stocks, you know, ones that are really well diversified like index funds or asset class funds mm-hmm. like we use. John, I mean, you got it. This is really, really critical. You know, you can mess up your retirement. You can mess up your future if you're not diversified prudently. Oh, absolutely. So make sure you know what that means and you spread your money out accordingly with the right amount of risk. Yeah. Yeah. So. Very good. Very good. Number eight here on the list is is monitor and improve your credit. Um now, there's a there's a uh, website out there, Steve. It's called annualcreditreport.com, and um, you can actually um, get this for free. You you take a look at your your credit reports through the three uh, agencies, and you you, yep. you stay on top of it. Make make sure there's not any false information out there. Um, if you want your FICO score, you have to go to myfico.com. Now, Dave Ramsey's funny. He says he doesn't have a FICO sto- score because uh, he has no debt and so forth. And he could go and he couldn't rent an apartment, but he could buy the whole entire complex. Because <laughs> he has so much cash, so wow. he's not a, a FICO type of guy. But um, make sure you look at your credit. Yeah, that's right. Number nine here on the list is to, to make sure you have a will. Mm-hmm. Right, everybody needs to have a will, even a simple will. You can do it online. There's lots of ways to get a will. Make sure you get a good will, though, because you don't want to leave it to your to people you don't know yeah. to decide how to split up your estate and raise your children. That's right. That's right. And, and it's amazing. Sixty to seventy percent of people, Steve, don't have wills. So there's some online resources. We can connect you with some lawyers locally as well. And the last one here is um, thou shalt not cover thy neighbor's stuff. Don't compare yourself to other people. Um, That's right. You know, it's just not going to make you happy. You'll never, there's always going to be someone who has more. I mean, think about, uh, you know, Bill Gates. I was thinking the other day um, on Shark Tank with Mark Cuban, who has $3 billion. Yeah. Well, that pales in comparison to, to Buffett and, and Gates. But just, you can't compare yourself. Be happy with what you have. Live within your means and, and you'll come out you know, good yeah, on the other side. and that's what Ron Blue says, too, from Kingdom Advisors. That's a, that's a good one. Yep. All right. Well, that brings us this week's edition of Money MD with John and Steve. Um, tune in next Saturday from 9 to 10 a.m. You have more prescriptions for your financial health. And do check us out on our website, moneymd.net. Email us your questions. We'd love to hear from you at info at moneymd.net. Or give us a call at 706-739-0725. Thanks for listening. Have a great weekend. Have a good one. Material on this program is intended for general information only and should not be taken as specific investment, tax, or legal advice. None of the information contained in this broadcast is intended by the host to be a solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security. Endorsed local provider is an endorsement of customer service only and does not reflect quality of investment decisions and is not connected to investment returns. Further information is available by contacting Richard Young Associates, a registered investment advisor, securities sold through Independent Financial Group, LLC, member of FINRA and SIPC.